Act One of Adelgita, or The Fruits of a Single Error, by Matthew Lewis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cast of Characters Michael Dukas, Emperor of Byzantium. Read by Thomas Peter. Robert Giscard, Prince of Apulia. Read by Larry Wilson. Lothair, a Norman knight. Read by Todd. Alsafron, a Grecian nobleman. Read by Sam Munson. Dersitus, a Grecian nobleman. Read by T.J. Burns. Rainulf, officer of Giscar. Read by Son of the Exiles. Julian, an officer of Giscar. Read by Alan Mapstone. Adelgitha, Princess of Apulia. Read by Lian Yao. Emma, Princess of Byzantium. Read by Devorah Allen. The Abbess of St. Hilda. Read by Sandra Schmidt. Claudia, an Italian lady. Read by Sonia. Female Peasant. Read by Eva Davis. Other Female Peasant. Read by April 6090. The Chorus, read by Roger Moline. Stage Directions, read by phone. Act 1. Scene 1. A grove with the chapel and shrine of St. Hilda. In the latter lamps are burning and the doors are closed. The sun is rising. Claudia is discovered, leaning against the pillar of the shrine, left. Hail, welcome morn. At length thy rising glories gleam on the convent spires, and lo, yon lamps with fainter rays illume the shrine's arched windows where Adelgita watches. Sure, if virtue ever found peculiar favor from high heaven, her prayers are heard, and Giscard lives and triumphs. A bell tolls, and nuns are seen descending. Hark! Twas the convent bell, and see! The abbess, to chant their matins in yon chapel, leads her white-robed train. Ah, heaven-devoted sisters, how wise that choice which from her pangs exempts you, who weeps away the night and dreads at morning to hear a son or husband lives no more. The abbess of St. Hilda enters with a train of nuns. Claudia, kneeling. Most honored lady, at thy feet in duty suppliant i bend may the saint's blessing daughter aid thee to struggle against the sinful world and guide thy pilgrim steps to grace and goodness claudia rises huh? wherefore burn those lamps in yonder shrine with prayer and penance has apulia's princess passed the long night imploring heaven that morn might bring glad tidings of her lord in safety well may she rue that day when Michael Ducas, Byzantium's exiled emperor, sought these shores, and sued at Giscard's feet for aid and shelter. His suit was granted, and perhaps ere this, that life on which depends Apulia's welfare has perished by some Grecian rebel's sword. And can such fears alarm St. Hilda's abbess? Doubts she of heavenly love or heavenly justice? Has virtue guardian angels? If she has, 
then guardian angels watch over giscar's safety against that virtue weigh the cause he fights for the cause he fights for is an exiled king's weigh too that exile's guilt which lost him empire he who that empire seized was guiltier far erd michael still alexius was his subject wronged were the greeks still michael was their king what then are subjects bound and sovereigns free free to be proud vindictive cruel false in fine to be what michael was no mother but that which michael was he is not now his power is crushed led by his weeping daughter suppliant i saw him kneel at giscar's throne and none to giscar ever knelt in vain i feel like giscar feel that heart is marble which heaves no sigh at sight of ruined greatness and hate that light which only glares to show faults which affliction's iron hand has chastened claudia thy blame is just i own my error and when reproof swells on my lips again i'll think he suffers and reserve my censure for those who sin and prosper means your princess to join our matin rites she waits your coming tis well going yet comes not claudia straight i'll follow but lo byzantium's princess beauteous imma bends to this shrine her steps o oh, chide not mother if from your pious rites i steal some moments to whisper comfort to yon royal mourner chide thee nay claudia take my heart's best wishes to aid thy gracious office now sisters to the chapel farewell daughter exeunt abbess and nuns into chapel so sad i fear i fear our unowned youth ah why is virtuous love so rarely happy enter emma and ladies emma speaking to herself still does he live son does he see thee still or that pure blaze which fires the orient sky so bright to others is it dark to him oh father father couldst thou but think like me a straw-thatched cottage lothair and you would fill my heart's whole circle and then who would might wear byzantium's crown so early from thy couch my princess oh such a night my claudia such sights such bloody glaives such burning towns filled all my broken dreams no news yet from durazzo lady none but soon oh dread suspense my father's throne perhaps his life hangs on this battle's issue perhaps ere this our good our glorious champion has signed in blood our ruin and his own and adelgita soon or giscar's course will curse the day she pitied exiled emma claudia artfully perhaps lothaire too emma catching the name with eagerness ay that good lothaire he he the gentlest loveliest bravest best he whose kind arms on the adriatic waves from pirates saved my life and dearer honour oh ere i hear those words lothaire has perished come friendly death and join me to lothaire lothaire a foundling youth a nameless warrior 
and thou byzantium's princess oh i know it know that my passion's folly ruin madness but still i love and loving still must think thy deeds lothair more noble than my birth thy heart lothair more precious than my treasures and one fond glance shot from thine eyes more brilliant than all the jewels in my father's crown see where that father comes he frowns away then i dare not meet him now crosses to left what fear you princess those frowns are not for you alas alas when thus he frowns he's ever fearful claudia he had a page no fairer sweeter child e'er blessed a mother dear my father loved him yet stung with sudden rage oh can i tell it he stabbed him stabbed the innocent boy oh heaven how painful tis to mark a parent's errors and not esteem where duty bids us love he comes fly claudia fly exeunt into the chapel enter michael duca and dorsitas i'll hear no more must i not sleep nor wake but sung to rest or from my slumbers roused with giscard's praises the screech owl's boding cry the approaching howl of famished wolves the chant of midnight witches nay in my only child's expiring groan were music to the praise of him i hate and wherefore hate him serves he not your cause is it not for you that now before durazzo his troops are leaguered and his life exposed is it not for you now be that hour forever cursed which saw the emperor of byzantium suppliant implore a norman pirate's aid i was not born to ask but to command my task was to confer not sue for favours yet now by giscard's aid through giscard's bounty it is given me to exist ah curses curses i sink oppressed by weight of obligations and each fresh service seems an added crime yet in his eyes whose interest they advance even crimes might well look fair no no were life and empire my choice I'd rather plunge in neighboring Etna than own life and empire to this new Cato's grace, this Norman Brutus. But last night, Dercetus, a ruffian, hot with wine, cried, Lo, where goes the pensioned emperor? Had he ruled like Giscard, he need not here exist on Giscard's arms. Gods! What strange patience must that man possess, who calmly listens to a rival's praises, nor loathes that glory which obscures his own? Crosses to right. Dorsetus aside. The ungrateful tyrant chills my blood with horror. What sayest thou, slave? If thus his sight afflicts you, soon come the hour when you shall meet no more. That hour is past, if Phocian's sword be sharp. Phocion? That Persian slave who left Otranto, three days since then are over, conveyed to Phocian my mandate, midst the battle's heat and tumult, to plunge his sword in Giscard's heart. Oh, Emperor! 
Then will I seize my rival's falling scepter, use it to strike Alexius from my throne, and, placing a delgeter there, salute a queen of Byzantium and of Michael's heart. Will she accept that heart? She will. She must. What? She, the model of all wives, all women, whose passion for her lord, on man never doted woman as dotes on Giscar, Adelgita, her love, her virtue. There's the charm, Dercetus. But oh, to a bliss to bend this stubborn beauty, crush the proud fabric of her idol, honor, and, while she weeps to view its ruins, teach her she is fond and frail and false, in short, a woman. Crosses left. Like Claudia's lips, she charged me here attend her. The organ is heard. And hark, the organ speaks the matins o'er. The doors unclose. She comes. Retire, Dersitus. Exit Dersitus. The doors of the shrine open, centre. Adelgita is discovered in mourning, kneeling at an altar. Emma, Claudia, the abbess, and nuns surround her. During the following speech, Emma kneels to Michael Duca and seems to receive his blessing. Chaste sisters, take my thanks. Your holy comfort was balm to my torn heart. Though sad, I'm tranquil. Though cheerful, I'm resigned, and now, submissive, I will meet heaven's will. Let heaven or smile or frown. Just is thy thought, and for the world were well, thought all like thee. Now, pardon, gracious princess, for convent duties call me hence. Dear mother, use your free will. Your will is my best pleasure. Abbas and nun return to the convent. Adelgita to Claudia. Friend, join the train. Yon height o'erlooks the bay. Thence mayst thou first discern the bark which brings me those tidings which I long, yet dread to hear. Oh, be that office mine. With restless eye I'll watch the waves. No, not a speck shall scape me. And when at length I spy the wished-for sail, so swift I'll speed I'll make the zephyrs jealous to find their wings outstripped. My kind, sweet Emma. Emma, kissing her hand. My friend, my brother, Claudia, come. Exit with Claudia. Now, princess, obedient to your summons. We're alone, and what I've now to say requires no witness. When driven by desperate rebels from Byzantium, "'Twas here you sought protection. "'Say, "'Twas here I found it. "'Our means were small. "'Our court can boast no splendour. "'But what was ours we gave. "'And gave it nobly. "'Gave it with freedom, which endeared the gift. "'E'en at this hour, my lord beneath Durazzo "'sustains your cause. "'He does. "'His wealth is lavished. "'His blood is risked for you. "'I own his favours.' Sure, if to man ere man owed gratitude, to him I owe it. Crosses to left. Your gratitude? Tis his, and his of right. None doubts it, sure. None should. None dares. None does. Know you that scroll? Showing a letter. Michael, starting. Ha, faithless slave. Aside. The letter I sent to Phocian. Robbers slew the bearer, and midst his plunder was this writing found. 
Straight to my hands t'was given, for e'en those robbers whose blood, if seized, had streamed by Giscard's justice, rejoiced to save that precious life which he, for whom that life is risked, would fain have taken. Michael, aside. Confusion. Here it stands, the ungrateful name. It's not thy hand, thy seal. And were these wanting, does not the inhuman business ten joins declare that none but Michael was the writer? Canst thou deny? Michael, aside. My heart can bear no more, and I must vent its rage or die. Yes, princess, yes, t'was my hand which traced that plan of death. And from my soul I wish the murder done. I hate thy Giscard, hate him fiercely, deadly. And wouldst thou know what most excites my hate? He's a Delgita's husband. A Delgita, surprised. How? What cause? Princess, I love thee. Adelgita, starting, then after a moment's pause, with contempt. Thou! To frenzy love thee. And with what strange, what fierce, what desperate passion judged by this rash avowal. Those bright eyes, if I am guilty, lighted me to guilt. They bade me murder Giscard. They seduce me suppliant to clasp the Norman pirate's knees. They make me feel those stars of Michael's fortune. Michael were wretched on Byzantium's throne unless he shared that throne with Adelgita. If I so long have listened to these insults, tis that surprise and anger struck me dumb. Thou rival Giscard, couldst thou hope her love who shares that hero's good air stoop to thee? Thou only couldst by thinking my taste erroneous as thy heart is base. Michael, choking with rage. How? How? You wrong me, princess. As my wife and empress, placed on Byzantium's throne. Adelgita, ironically. Byzantium's throne. O fair and tempting gift, O generous proffer. Yet while you make it, t'were as well, methinks, did you reflect... Unless by Giscard's valour, Byzantium's throne will not be yours to give. Then pardon, mighty prince, if I decline these gracious offers. If I dare prefer glory with Giscard to contempt with thee. And think that he who succours banished kings is nobler than a king whose crimes have banished. Crosses to right. Proud woman, darest thou? Adelgita, with a commanding air. Hold! For Emma's sake... Two days I give thee to provide some refuge. So long I'll hide thy fault from Giscard's vengeance, but on the third this scroll. I thank you, princess, and for two days shall count my life secure, depending on a woman's silence. Oh, I could dash my front on earth for trusting to woman's gratitude or woman's sense. Crosses to right. Adelgita, calmly. Thus ever rail their tongues at female judgment who want that worth which merits female love. But thou, ne'er seeking love, content with pleasure, cursed with indulgence of each vain caprice, suspecting treason e'en on beauty's bosom, and tasting poison each honeyed kiss, mayst thou still think all women false and light, incapable of faith, unfit for trust, and born to be man's slave, not man's companion? 
Such may they think us still, who act like thee. I cannot wish them worse than such to think us. Emma, without, right. Speed, princess, speed! Hark, Emma comes. Enter Emma, right. Oh, speed! Swift cuts a bark the billows, and the shores groan with the throng of anxious citizens. Crosses to left. Shall we not hasten? On before, sweet maid. I'll follow straight. Exit Emma, left. Adelgita, in a decided tone. Forget not what I've said, nor brave the lightnings of my hero's eye. Two rules are Giscard's, ne'er to sin himself, and ne'er to pardon others when they sin. Then dread to meet his wrath, be timely prudent, fly with thy shameful secret, fly and live. Farewell. Crosses left. And thou who speak'st so stern and high, dost thou not fear that? I fear thee. Oh, no. Salerno's daughter was not born to fear. Salerno's daughter? Ay, that name, it seems, has reached your hearing. Then I need not add. Dishonour. And that name have still been strangers. And she, whose veins can boast that hero's blood, and she, whose heart retains that hero's lessons, rest thou assured, thinks nothing bright but virtue, and nothing dreadful but disgrace. Exit left. Salerno's daughter? Should it be? Dercetus. Enter Dercetus. Right. My prince. Those letters which the dying Norman gave to thy care in Astra's wood, thou hast them? The portrait, too. The portrait? Find it straight, and bring it to my chamber. Speed, Dercetus. Exit, Dercetus, right. Michael, alone. Each fresh reflection gives my hopes fresh vigour, and if those hopes prove just, the game's my own. Compelled to silence, suppliant for my mercy, my rival dead. But how? That young Lothair, tis plain as heart, is Immers. Could I win him? Why doubt it? May not all be won? And has not each man his price for those who choose to pay it? When offers fail, virtue's not strong, but dear. And that stern honour, which disdains a dukedom, a sceptre shown, will bow and take the bribe. Exit, right. End of Act One